Welcome back to the Ministry Watch podcast, everybody. I'm Warren Smith, the president of Ministry Watch. And, you know, as I'm recording this, it's uh, Thanksgiving week, just a couple of days before Thanksgiving. And one of the things that I've noticed about Thanksgiving and the Christmas season is that we're going to get a lot of email solicitations for uh, funds. Uh, Some of those are going to come from Ministry Watch. I mean, the reality is that that's just uh, what it means to be in uh, leadership in a Christian nonprofit these days is that we have to raise money, especially in the last couple of months of the year. So I'm not necessarily decrying or uh, condemning that practice because, as I said, even Ministry Watch uh, in, engages in it. And in fact, I would like to encourage everybody listening to uh, give generously during the last couple of months of the year because a lot of Christian ministries uh, make a significant portion of their income at Ministry Watch. Will Probably uh, in the last two months of the year, we will need to raise about a quarter of our annual income. So as you can see, there's a disproportionate amount of money that needs to be raised at the end of the year. But because of that reality, there are occasionally unscrupulous operators out there or even um, solid Christian ministries that maybe stretch the truth, speak, as a friend of mine says, evangelistically about uh, the work uh, that they are doing and the money that they need to get it done. So one of the things that we started doing here at Ministry Watch is fact-checking some of the fundraising emails that we get in from organizations. We've written a number of articles in the last, you know, couple of months that uh, look at some of those claims. A lot of those claims relate to uh, fundraising for activities in conflict zones like Israel or uh, Maui, Hawaii, uh, Ukraine, uh, those places that uh, are in the news and people want to help. And so they uh, look in their inboxes, they see emails, and they give without doing too much scrutiny or thinking about that. But sometimes uh, the situation is a little bit different, and that's what I'd like to talk with you about today. I got an email from Prison Fellowship Ministries, which is uh, based in exurban Washington, uh, D.C., kind of in the Lansdowne, Virginia area. And and I should say in a spirit of full disclosure that I really like Prison Fellowship Ministries. Uh, Chuck Colson, before he passed away, I believe in 2012, uh, was somewhere between an acquaintance and a friend of mine. I was in a number of meetings with Chuck in the last couple of years before he died and, and really valued that relationship. And in fact, when I worked for the Colson Center for Christian Worldview, we were still, we were in the process of breaking off from prison fellowship at that time. So I got paychecks from prison fellowship for several months before we were able to make that break complete. And I was um, fully employed by the Colson Center for Christian Worldview. That said, uh, I, I did want to mention that recently I'm getting a lot of emails from Prison Fellowship Ministries that uh, have a compelling message. Uh, in fact, you might even say at one level it's a heartbreaking message. In fact, let me quote from one of the emails. It says that Bibles are desperately needed in 
America's prisons. Uh, that's the opening line in a recent fundraising appeal from Prison Fellowship that I got in my inbox. The letter goes on to say, every gift you give will put Bibles and Christian content into the hands of a waiting prisoner. Well, certainly, who wouldn't be in favor of that? But because I've done a little bit of, you know, work with prisons and uh, jails in my life, and because I've written about prison ministries for many, many years, uh, the email didn't quite pass my sniff test. And uh, so I started asking around, and I discovered that the need for Bibles doesn't seem to be quite as acute as this urgent fundraising appeal makes it seem. So, for example, I reached out to Stephen Wilson, who is the pastor of prison ministries for Gateway Church, which is a very large church in the Dallas suburb of Southlake, Texas. He told Ministry Watch that in Texas prisons, we are not seeing a shortage. In the prisons where we serve, They have closets full of Bibles. Our prisons are asking us not to send any more Bibles. Now, that's significant because Texas and California have more people in jails and prisons than any other state in the nation. So if there's no shortage of Bibles in Texas, it caused me to wonder if, you know, there was really a shortage elsewhere. So I reached out to some other states. Carrie Sanders is the CEO of Jumpstart SC. SC stands for South Carolina. Uh, He uh, told Ministry Watch that our team serves prisons in South Carolina, Georgia, Ohio, and North Carolina. And he says he does want to see more study Bibles in the hands of prisoners. But he also said that the biggest need in prisons right now is not a shortage of any sort of written material or printed material, including Bibles. He said the biggest discipleship need that we have in prisons is relational. He said too many organizations primarily focus on evangelism or talking at the incarcerated. Well, okay, so there was a couple of examples, one from South Carolina and one from Texas, but one of the other large prison ministries in this country is Kairos Prison Ministries. I reached out to um, Evelyn Limley, who is the CEO of Kairos, and that she said that the availability of Bibles does vary by location, but she said that Kairos operates in 37 states, and Limley reiterated to me that she saw no shortage of Bibles. She said, we have what we need. And she reiterated um, what uh, Carrie Sanders of Jumpstart SC said. She said, the biggest need is not Bibles, but people. Prison ministry is a relational ministry. We need volunteers with a willingness to serve. Crossroads Prison Ministries, yet another uh, prison ministry, uh, has reached out to me and Uh, Their spokesperson, John Byrne, said that his ministry had an ample supply of Bibles for the 28,000 people going through their programs. He says this, it's hard to imagine that a chaplain couldn't get a Bible. I've worked in prisons for 22 years, and I have never seen a shortage. 
Well, in an email to Ministry Watch, Prison Fellowships, Jim Forbes said that prior to 2019, Prison Fellowship distributed an average of about 5,000 to 6,000 Bibles per year. But since then, since this Bibles in Prisons program started, they've been distributing an average of about 250,000 Bibles each year. That means that since 2019, Prison Fellowship has distributed more than 1 million Bibles in prisons. Now, about 2 million people are currently incarcerated in American jails and prisons. Forbes added this. He said the dramatic increase in requests for Bibles continues today, which is why we continue to regularly fundraise to provide the Word of God and other Christian content to those in prison. Again, a worthy goal, but it's just not clear to me, based on others that I've talked to, that this um, need is as acute as they say it is. Well, I reached out to Prison Fellowship for some addition, with some additional questions, um, but unfortunately, they did not respond to those questions. I asked, for example, where they were seeing the Bible shortages. You know, from what I could see, there, there were no states where there were shortages in particular, certainly not Texas, which is one of the largest, has one of the largest prison populations in the country. I asked how much money they were spending on the Bibles themselves, uh, and um, if a donation is received in response to these solicitations, in other words, if you give money to Prison Fellowship and say you want it to go to the Bibles, um, is it counted as a designated or a restricted gift? In other words, can you be sure that it goes to pay for Bibles or Bible study material, or might it go to other purposes. Again, I did not get any response back from Prison Fellowship. I'm still hoping, and if they do respond, we will, of course, uh, do a follow-up to this story. The one thing I can say is that Prison Fellowship's fundraising strategy does seem to be working. Its income has gone up more than 50% since 2019. Uh, 22 revenue was about $61 million, which is makes it one of the largest Christian ministries in the country. Its net assets has also increased from $14.5 million to $23.9 million by the end of 2022. But I should also add that this fundraising comes at with a huge price tag. In 2022, Prison Fellowship spent $14.7 million on fundraising alone. And that represented about 25% of the total expenses for prison fellowship that year. By comparison, ministries in its peer group spent about one-fifth that amount, or only about 5% on fundraising. So this article uh, on Bibles in prisons and um, sort of taking a survey of you know where the need is just brings me to a couple of points that I'd like to make in closing. And, and number one is that, yeah, we want uh, everyone to give generously to Christian ministries, but we also want you to give wisely. And uh, you should do some research. Don't be taken by the emotional email appeals. Um, I, Great storytelling is important, and we encourage Christian ministries to engage in great storytelling and as they engage their donors. But we also encourage donors to check out those stories. Uh, are those stories uh, really indicative of what that ministry is doing? One of the ways you can do that, of course, is by going to our website and uh, clicking on the Ministry Watch 1000 database, Prison Fellowship Ministries, Kairos Ministries, many of the ministries that I mentioned today, plus 
you know, a thousand others are uh, in our database. So take a look and make sure you're giving to top-rated ministries. But once you've identified ministries that you uh, care about that are using the money wisely, we do, again, hope you will give generously. Well, that uh, brings to a close this uh, extra episode of the Ministry Watch podcast. I want to just say happy Thanksgiving to um, all of you listening. It's um, I know I have much to be thankful for, both family, but also the things that are going on here uh, at Ministry Watch. And one of those things is that um, we've been faithfully supported by people like you. So if you're a financial supporter of Ministry Watch, let me just say thank you very much. I am grateful uh, for you. And um, we want to hear from you anytime with feedback or concerns or encouraging words about what we're doing here at Ministry Watch. The producers for today's program are Jeff McIntosh and Rich Rosal. We get database technical and other support from Casey Suddeth, Stephen DeBerry, Christina Darnell, who's our managing editor, and Kim Roberts. I'm Warren Smith, and until next time, may God bless you.